Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm always so glad when you're joining me. So thank you for being here with me today, and I want to always encourage you to remember that all the shows are podcasts on the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. So if you're not able to listen to this show in its entirety, you can always go and listen to the complete show. So I know you're going to love this guest I have. This is Ethan Banning, and he is the founder and director for Triple Threat Performance. That's TTP. And he founded Triple Threat Performance in 2004 in Arizona. And he he really works in the field of human performance. He's got extensive and diverse in in terms of what he does with performance. And he's worked as a strength coach in the National Football League, Major League Baseball. He also does a collegiate level and high school level. And he also works in the private sector. Because I was talking to him off-air about some different fitness and food issues. So it's really amazing the amount of information that he has. So I asked him to be on the show today because discipline is a huge deal, and discipline is difficult, and it's tough. And I think discipline kind of has gotten a bad rap. And it sounds, in many ways, sometimes we think it's a bad word. So I thought he would be an expert on helping us understand the power of discipline, how really wonderful discipline can be and the payoff for discipline and being able to do it in a way that is not performance oriented or guilt producing or condemning or any of these things, but to really have a better understanding about this idea of discipline, spiritually, emotionally, physically, intellectually, relationally, all those areas we need discipline. So Ethan, thank you for joining me today. Well, before we dig in, thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Well, I'm excited that, you know, and we were trying to do the show a couple of weeks ago when you had that huge, big, you know, interview about Pablo Sandoval. Sandoval, that's right, the baseball player, and the eating problems that he had. And he was in such good shape when you worked with him before, and he kind of lost the program. He did indeed. And that, uh, you know, it was an interesting time for, uh, for me when I was working with him, and then recently when we revisited some of that with some of the Boston media as they watch him struggle with some of his weight challenges and so forth. Yes. And a lot of people think it's just as simple as, well, push away from the table or put the fork down. And there's just a lot of deep-rooted issues when you're talking about, you know, dysfunctional behavior like that, that, you know, you address in your practice yes, on a regular the, basis. Yes, the eating disordered behavior is very complicated. And our country is really suffering right now from it. You know, and interestingly enough, if, if it was drugs or alcohol or something of that nature where he was throwing away hundreds of millions of dollars for something like that, people would be jumping up and down on the table to beg to get this guy, you know, some help. And uh, Yes, exactly. But because it's food, nobody really wants to address it. They're just like, oh, just figure it out. Stop eating. Why, why don't you work out? And it's like, he doesn't have a problem exercising. He exercised very diligently with me. He, you know, it's it's deeper rooted than just... See, the, and I think that's the issue. It's... A, it. You know, discipline and the things get, that get in the way of our ability to discipline have so much to do with 
the way we think, the way we view ourselves. You know, certainly childhood traumas can get in the way when we talk about eating disorders and why that's this maladaptive coping skill to deal with trauma. But even when we're treating eating disorders, we still have to introduce discipline. No question. I mean, I think the focus becomes so much on food, and that's just a Band-Aid. We don't really address the real issues at hand or the discipline necessary to, you know, have success. I mean, ultimately, when you're looking at an athlete or anyone in any line of life, they need to have discipline and understand how to implement that. It sounds very simple, but in my experience, if somebody's avoiding behaviors, they're really going to struggle and they're going to seem undisciplined. When that's really not the case, their brain just starts thinking about what they're trying to avoid all the time. And I think you and I were talking yes, about, yes. you know, the GPS, you know, yes. example, like we, we don't, don't program where we're avoiding to go. That's we, right. We program exactly where precisely we want to go. where we Very want to go. Very precisely where we want to go. You know, you, you, the, yes, because you asked me earlier, you said, when we talked about a plan and you said, well, what are you going to eat for lunch? And I said, I haven't thought about it. <laughs> but you have a plan for your radio show That's and your exactly counseling right. and everything else that we do in our line of work. And it's interesting when you know, we look at things like how do we have success with fitness, how do we have success with food and things of that nature along the lines of what I do. And it's simple. We put a plan in place with some structure so that the discipline becomes simpler. It's not an open-ended, I can do whatever I want. You've already thought about when you're not emotional about it how to, you know, what that decision is and what that choice is. Well, and that probably then, as I think about this, you know, it's kind of like staying in, staying on the highway and not off-roading, you know. And so it, I, I think, though, what you probably find is you can get this great simple plan that really works, that, that makes it so it's not complicated. But then you start to find out why are they not able to stay on the plan? What are all the other contributing, like with, with Pablo Sandoval, what are the contributing things in his life that cause him to either not want to participate in the plan or feel like somehow he's unable or he has to sabotage it. Well, that self-sabotage aspect of it is a pretty deep-rooted it is. You know, it issue is. in and of itself. I mean, we could probably do a whole show on that alone. We may need or... to <laughs> because it's a big one. But in you know specifically to that you know issue with regard to Pablo, I, I think there's a number of distractions, not the least of which is the $100 million contract that he signed but he's from south america and in his country they show love through food he is a person that really it's important to him to show respect to his countrymen so when someone offers to him food or things of that nature or even in our country when it's offered to him he doesn't want to disappoint people he's got a serious issue with disappointment when we worked together he allowed me to be that accountability partner where I could just say, no, we're, you know, we're doing this right now. But since we stopped working together, it certainly appears that that ability. He didn't integrate that. So, yes, you know. And, and, well, and see, that's interesting because it's all the things that food or, you know, and discipline and, and the plan, all, all that that entails. And so he's got these emotional issues when it comes to food that here's this really good plan that he is on a major league baseball team making a lot of money, highly talented. And somehow those things aren't motivating enough, right, to address these other things that are a little bit more um, uh, not as concrete, as we would say. And so how does he integrate those things? So do, when you work with people on really being successful, and you, you say, what's the avoidance piece? What's the sabotaging piece, mm-hmm. right? 
and handling that. How do you handle that with them? Well, in a case like this, it was kind of an emergent situation where he wasn't making that much money, which I think is a significant factor. And the team that he was with at the time, the Giants, said, hey, look, you're going to go to the minors if you don't lose 40 pounds. Well, so he had negative reinforcement. He did, and, yes. and he responded very well to that. So they, you know, he and his agency decided to hire me and my company. So at that point, we became an, account- an accountability factor, but the, the Giants had you know, a significant play in that accountability too, and then his agency had a play in that also, and he had his brother worked out with him also. Well, none of those people are involved anymore. Like, he hadn't talked to his brother since August. He hasn't talked to me in more than a year. He's not with the Giants anymore. The Red Sox did not put any accountability, you know, partner or partnering in their contract with him. So I, I don't know that and, – and really, we were all just Band-Aids. I mean, if we're really getting down to it, I mean, we, you know, we weren't helping solve any issues other than help him lose weight but we weren't really getting to the deeper rooted things and we're seeing that play out now because it's not hand, it's not handled and we're not there i think that that piece of integrating those behaviors and and whatever it is that whatever the self medicating piece is whatever the pain is that you're trying to medicate that is that the pain for whatever reason it feels so much greater than the consequence what's well, that emotional response to it you know and and how that's why I talk about making a plan because once you're starving, say you've done three shows in a row and you haven't had anything to eat and you don't have a plan for what you're going to eat, you're going to find the nearest thing and you're going to eat a lot of it. And in America, they overserve us food. And so as a consequence, we were taught eat everything on your plate and here we go. And it's just, and so then it just spirals, you know, downward after that. You know, interestingly enough, we look at that and go, how we eat to achieve results physically parlays, and we talked about this a little bit, into that spiritual piece. What are you feeding yourself spiritually? How are you feeding yourself emotionally? What's your self-talk like? And all these things go back into Pablo's situation, like what do you think his self-talk is like? What do you think his self-worth is in regard to, even though from an outward perspective we're all looking at it going, you're this all st- two-time All-Star World Series MVP you know, make all this money, how could you possibly be going down this road? But there's this little boy in there that's broken, just like in all of us, um, you know, and some people manage that better than others. Well, I, I, I do think that is one of the key pieces is where's that disconnect between how my parents took care of me, how I in- interpreted that, how I experienced that, whether they did take care, they overcared, they shamed, they condemned while they were caring, uh, they controlled too much, they abandoned, whatever that was, that self-care piece that says, am I taking care of myself the way I was parented? Or am I trying to undo what my parents did? So if my parents withheld food from me, am I saying I'm never going to withhold food from myself again, right? And so those are very complicated issues. Well, I think the bigger piece of that issue is actually recognizing and admitting and saying to oneself that those things actually happened. So many people want to stick their head in the sand and act like, oh, no, I had this or that or whatever, and not face the reality of their parents weren't perfect, and it's okay. You can let them off the hook for that, but at the same time... Because, see, like Pablo, he puts you in a parent position. Absolutely. So you have to do the parenting for him, hoping that he integrates it, But, but he didn't. And, you know, that's very tough when someone's in their 
20s or 30s to help them make, you know, changes of that nature. We hope to integrate that before they're, what, 12 or 13? Yes, yes. Ideally, because the majority of the parenting, in my estimation, and I have two little ones, you know. Zero to 12. um, And at that point, you're sort of just helping them navigate after after they get into their teenage years. Well, let's do this in the next segment because we're coming up on a break, and I think it would be helpful to talk about this idea of how do I move all that good information and plan outside of me where someone's helping and supporting and actually integrate that so that I walk away with it. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia having Ethan Banning, founder and director of Triple Threat Performance, with me today on the show talking about discipline. So join me in the next segment. Well, welcome back. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. So glad that you are joining me today. And if you're just joining in, I have Ethan Banning here with me today. And he is the founder and director for Triple Threat Performance. And his work experience is in the field of human performance. And it's extensive and diverse as he has worked as a strength coach in the National Football League, Major League of Baseball. He does college and he's also really adroit at working with high school students, which is really fun to watch. So, Ethan, thank you for being here today. Help Make sure you let people know how to get a hold of you. So you can go to our website at www.ttpaz.com, or I can be reached via email at my initials, eb at ttpaz.com. Say it one more time. eb at ttpaz.com. Perfect. Now, we were laughing off the air because I said, and you do more than just athletes. (laughs) So you corrected me on that. I do none of my athletes. (laughs) I coach and work with. That's right. But you also work with people other than just athletic. You don't have to be a major athlete to work with you. We call them the older and bolder crew. Oh, there you go. Thank you you very much. (laughs) That's funny. Anybody committed to their own success, frankly. Yes. I mean, that's really what we're looking for. You really for. are a success coach in many ways. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the bottom line. Right. Just using uh, sports performance or strength and conditioning as my platform to speak life right. into people. Well, and I, I really do believe that in today's world, we have so much coaching that has nothing to do with your physicality. And that has so much to do with your actual success. The healthier you are physically, the more successful you are across the board. The less you have to think about your body because it's working, the better you're going to be able to do the life God has called you to do. So I think I'm, that's twofold, not just how efficiently it works, but how the feedback you get from the mirror, because then we're yes. talking about the emotional piece or how our confidence and how we portray ourselves and how, and how people perceive yes, us. Yes, and how comfortable we feel in our body yes. is huge. So taking care of the body God has given us is very, very important. I, I frequently will say, remind people, if Jesus didn't take care of himself, he would not have been able to do what God called him to do. He could not have endured the cross if he did not take good care of himself. This is why on an airplane, when they give you instructions, right. they say, if in case of an emergency, please apply your oxygen mask first before helping others because you're going to help four other people and then you're going to die. Exactly. So we've got to help ourselves to be able to help more people. And there is that that difficulty with self-care. People don't want to take care of themselves. 
it's interesting, and that's and to be honest, I mean, I have worked at all the levels you you talked about, whether it be you know the and including the Olympic level and so forth. But I really feel called and led to work with teenagers because I feel that I can make a more significant change in their lives. And I can be an extension of their parent and or be their parent when there's an absentee or not one available. So, and teach them those concepts or parables like teaching a man to fish rather than handing them the fish. And this is a challenge, I think, in our society. And, I mean, that's why when they you talk about they don't feed the wildlife when you're in the park, right? It's very unhealthy. And so... You know, just recently, you know, here in Fountain Hills, there was a lady and her dogs attacked by some javelina, and it showed that there was evidence of people feeding the javelina in the neighborhood. So you've got a pack of 20 javelina in the neighborhood that are running around, and all of a sudden, so, and there you go. Exactly. And it just. Well, that that is, you know, what are we feeding, right? (laughs) It is really understanding. What am I feeding in my life here? Am I feeding, you know, discord? Am I feeling insecurity? Am I feeding hatred? Am I feeding bitterness? Am I feeding, you know, negative control issues? And, you know, what what is it that I'm really doing? Because it's going to manifest. Absolutely. And that's what we talked about earlier about focusing on what we're trying to achieve or are we going to focus on what we're trying to avoid? And that avoidance piece, in my experience, is not – we don't have very much success that way. Yes, because I was telling you that, that idea about the GPS and how I motivate myself to exercise because I am not – I am very athletic. Okay. Like I'm very coordinated. Modest too. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I'm just stating a fact because I'm trying to state the fact to give you this other premise, okay? So I'm extremely athletic. I'm coordinated, but I do not like to sweat. I don't like, I don't, it's like, I'm a mental athlete for sure. But when it comes to physical things, when I, I mean, I was a gymnast, I was a swimmer, a diver, cheerleader, but I was always, you can win if you, I just don't compete in those areas. So I have a hard time even competing with myself. So one of the ways that I help this process is instead of thinking about how much I don't want to work out, I hate working out. Oh, I'm going to be sore. Oh, I have to push it. Oh, I have, you know, I say to myself, I really like how I feel after I'm done. I'm always glad when I finish. I really like the effect on my body. I really like the effect on my mind. And I really ruminate on those things, which helps me exercise every time. Otherwise, I'll talk myself out of it. No question. I mean, I use this example with my clients daily. They're talking about golf because it resonates with a lot of people. Everybody, most people can play golf. They know how. They've at least seen a golf course. And so... This avoidance piece that you're talking about, I want to avoid sweating or avoid right. being sore or avoid right. this or avoid that or I want it just, you know, well, I want to avoid being fat. So, <laughs> but that's not a really healthy <laughs> it, perspective either. Exactly, because it's a the, negative. It's the still perspective a negative. is what can I do so that the mirror says back to me what I want it to say or what can I do to feel healthier or what can I do to move better? And so when you look at this golf analogy, you think we come up on this, you know, number four tee box and it's a 500-yard par four and there's water all the way down the right-hand side. Well, if you say to me, hey, look, there's water down the right side, we better not hit it to the right. And I go, yeah, I don't want to – I play a slice. I don't want to – you know, or, or fade. I don't want to play fade into the water. Maybe I should aim left and so I'll miss the water. Well, our brain just heard water, 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 water. That's all we're talking about. And the brain does nouns, not verbs. So a better way to so explain focus. that explain the brain does nouns not verbs. Well, we just water being the noun, and as opposed to don't do 
right? Is the verbs, yes. So we'd rather focus on, well, let's hit it through the 150-yard stick or let's hit this blade of grass or this, you know, branch of a tree where we're trying to aim. The whole point of the game of golf is as few as shots possible to get the ball into the hole at the end of the 500 yards. And we go in the water. That does not help us have success there. So what's the water got to do with you and a good shot? Nothing. Well, see, and I think that's what people don't understand if they're not athletes. Of them working out, changing how they eat, taking care of their physical body, this is what athletes do. They use their mind first. Absolutely. And I, th- I think that's the missing piece. We don't tell people and teach people how to think about what it is that they are wanting to achieve. Instead, they just have messy mind or they they just let themselves think whatever they think and they don't challenge any of those thoughts and then they wonder why down the road the success isn't lasting or they're not able to hang in there with it well that messy mind you mentioned in Mm -hmm. athletics we call it a cluttered mind equals slow feet or paralysis through analysis Mm -hmm. right and so if we create a crisp concise plan and then we take action steps to follow through with that plan, it's amazing how we have success. The GPS example is fantastic with that. We turn right here, turn left there, go straight here, and all of a sudden we reach our destination. If we put those same principles into play with regard to our goals, whether it be emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, we would achieve tremendous success, unfounded yes. success. Just yes, and it, may, and it really is using the brain God gave us in the way it was intended to be used. So we're coming up on a, on a hard break here. We have uh, uh, two more segments with Ethan Banning, so please join me in the next two segments. If you can't, always go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. You can listen to the show in its entirety. And make sure that you also visit Ethan, and Ethan, give them your information again. Uh, Our website is TTPAZ.com, or you can reach me via email at eb at TTPAZ.com. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm so glad you joined me today. If you're just tuning in, please make sure that you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and you can find the show in its entirety. Also, visit my Facebook page, and please like that page. I always enjoy it when you do that, and that is Cynthia Hyatt, Inc., that's INC for Incorporated, and it will tell you all the different places that I'm speaking or singing or the different radio shows and guests that are going to be on air. So we have today Ethan Banning, which I am so grateful to have. And he is the founder and director for Triple Threat Performance. And he has worked with um, as a strength coach for the National Football League, the Major League Baseball. Um, he's worked with collegiate and high school level. And so he is an expert in performance. And I wanted him specifically to talk about this issue of discipline. Because discipline many times gets a really bad rap. But what I know the more disciplined I am, and I'm not talking about being controlling or OCD, the more disciplined I am, the happier I am, the better my life is, the more efficient I am, and the better able I am to walk out the calling that God has on my life. Would you not agree with that? Well, maybe we should look at discipline as in terms of maybe use the word integrate structure. I like that. Rather than, Because there is such a negative connotation on yes. discipline, and I like yes. to speak the words that are accurate, but I think mm-hmm. structure is really what we're talking mm-hmm. about. I think people really like to have structure, and they function well with structure. Uh, the same way that we like the fact that people stay on the road. We, yeah, you know, in between the <laughs> lines. Like, it would be, it'd be a problem if people mayhem. just drove right. however they That's wanted. Right. That would be a really big challenge. Well, and I think we have so many expectations, and our lives are so busy 
And we get so many obligations that we have this tendency to go somewhere. I want to just not have to be in the lines. So many times with food, that's the one area that we let ourselves indulge. Well, I think there's probably a number of areas, there are. but that's Absolutely. one that we that's can big, see visually. Well, it's one we can do publicly without yes. getting in too much trouble. Exactly. Yes. You know, interestingly enough, I mean, we all have the same 24 hours in the day, but you find that some folks are immensely successful and the same people or, you know, counter people are not successful. Same amount of time. We don't really know why. I think a lot of folks would like to think that they just caught the breaks. They just got lucky. I don't believe that to be the case. I believe that there are folks that are really structured and integrate their time very well, and they're very efficient as a result of making a plan and working their plan. And then there are folks that you know do somewhere in the middle that don't do it quite as well, but they still are effective and functional. And then there are folks that are you know, dysfunctional, and they don't work yes, their plan. They exactly. don't even have a plan. They eat pretzels whenever they're available. You're now, you're, now, <laughs> now I told you that off air. <laughs> You're not allowed to bring that up. Sorry. That's hilarious. Well, I think in in keeping in line with this line of reasoning, the whole idea of making a plan is also being able to adjust the plan, right? So well, you if can, there's no plan, there's nothing to right. adjust. So you can make a plan for one of your athletes, and then as you work with them, you might make some adjustments. Well, you have to. I exactly. think working the plan is really the big piece of it. I mean, let's take a sales rep, for example, and say they're an outside B2B sales rep, and they have a plan to drive from this location to this location to this location. Well, what if location three is closed, right? So do they just cancel their day? No, they're going to go and go ahead and work their plan, make an adjustment, or they spend, you know, they're supposed to spend two minutes at this location, but they end up spending 25 minutes because they make a sale or they do something of that nature. Well, they still have to work their plan and figure out how to have success or somebody wastes their time or they get in a car accident or a flat tire or whatever. I mean, well, you know, it's like the GPS that you, you make the wrong turn. It, re- it reroutes you. Absolutely. You know, and so it tells you how to get back on the plan. So that mean, leads me kind of to you look at someone that has a substance abuse issue and you'll see them, quote, fall off the wagon. Or if you're, quote, dieting and you, fought, and you eat, have a bad meal or whatever it is, and there's a lot of folks that go, oh, well, it's over. It's ruined now. And it, we're not like that. And Jesus doesn't see us that way. We, I mean, that's just not who we are. I mean, as a parent myself, I have a 5-year-old and an 8-year-old. And when one of my kids Who are darling, up, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> but when one of them do something that I would have hoped they made a better decision, I don't just say, ah, you know what, to heck with you. We're going we're gonna to get another one. Done with parenting. Yeah, we're, we're out. Right. No, <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't work that way. I mean, think about how a kid learns to walk. They fail, and they get up, and they fail, and they fall down, and they get up, and they fall down, and they get up. And that's, it's just this, they continue to work the plan. And as a parent, we what? We help them up so they can walk. And so, I mean, we as adults are a little bit more afraid of that. And I don't look at it as failure, more as a results-based so, you know, kind of a situation. I mean, the result of falling down a whole bunch of times for a child is they learn to walk pretty efficiently, in fact. No, I love that. So we're coming up again on, on another break. And I want to address, we'll, we'll do this in the next segment as well, this idea of failure and how that gets in the way of people continuing to stay on the plan. And that this is a life plan that we're making. It isn't just for a couple of weeks and then we're going to go back to our old behaviors. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me again in the next segment with Ethan Banning. This is 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk Radio. 
Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you for joining me today. And we have a really interesting show. We are talking with a gentleman named Ethan Banning, and he is the founder and director for Triple Threat Performance. And his work experience is in the field of human performance. And he has worked with the National Football League, Major League Baseball. He also works at the collegiate level and high school. And he also really works more with just this performance issue and really helping people have the life that they really want to have and really remove impediments, um, the, the way you think, the way you act, the choices you're making. And, and just this idea of discipline, which he kind of renamed in the last segment and said internal structure or just bringing structure. And so if you're not able to listen to the show in its entirety, make sure you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. So, Ethan, thank you. This is our last segment. So make sure you give um, the listeners how to get a hold of you. So you can reach me at my email at EB, my initials, Echo Bravo at Echo Bravo. <laughs> TTPAZ.com. That's awesome. And, or you can check our website out at www.TTPAZ.com. Perfect. So we kind of left this last segment. We were talking about how a GPS you know, reroutes us and the whole um, idea of how we think about our plan and, and making the plan and the need for a plan. But we can always have a good plan. But if we don't think about it appropriately... If we don't know how to get back on the plan, if we don't know how to adjust the plan, then we end up just solving a problem temporarily and going back exactly to the way we were living before. Well, there's a quote in athletics about this plan deal. Okay. And it goes something like this, and it was from a boxer, and it may have been Mike Tyson. Okay. But I'm ready. everyone has a great plan until they get punched in the face. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great... Right. That's a great quote. Everyone s- has a good plan until they get punched in the face. Right. And so, or a plan, even a plan, yes, you know, I mean, exactly. so, but to your point on the GPS, I mean, when we make a wrong turn, when we get punched in the face, whatever it is, metaphorically speaking, fall off the wagon, do yes. we, you know, do we get redirected by the GPS back onto track on track or do we go down that path? And that's really, or give up the plan, turn the GPS off. Yeah. Absolutely. We go, oh, that wasn't working. Clearly, you know, Siri doesn't know what she's talking about. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know. Right. But, uh, you know, in my line of work, I mean, I think that that, that's that self-talk that gets into our own head where we start saying things to ourselves that we would never say to other people. I mean, an example would be, you know, in life or as an athlete or anybody. I mean, I I give people the example that I'm working with, especially my golfers. Uh, I talk to them about one of one or both of my little girls and I say well Gabby's eight and let's say you were teaching Gabby how to golf and let's say she hit a bad shot she hit in the water or you know just fatted it or didn't didn't hit it well you're not gonna scream and yell at her and tell her that's terrible and she should give up golf and you're just you're not any good and they say of course not I'd tell her oh just try again it'll be fine try this do you're that you're learning you're learning right? yeah yes interestingly though that's what they say to themselves when they hit a bad shot. They'll say, "Oh, you're terrible. You're, you know, that, you should just give this up. You're, you're an idiot. You suck. All that stuff." And in life, this is what we do. If you're a fat person or an overweight person that's looking to lose weight, and then we eat something bad, we go, "Oh, just it's a global. It, it's a problem. It became nuclear, and I can never do this." Rather than just saying, "You know what? Let's have a little grace for ourselves and jump right back up." I mean, you know. Again, I'll go back to the how do we learn to walk example. 
you know, well, we learn to walk by falling down and getting back up and going again. And I think that anybody that's had a successful life, whether it be a successful marriage, successful business, they have faced the adversity of getting kicked in the proverbial teeth. And how we handle that is where we go from there. And how we talk to ourselves is what we're going to do with that. Well, I think that's very powerful because it's also, I mean, you know physiology better than I do, but you know the body handles much better eight good meals with two bad ones than it does ten bad meals. I love that you used eight and two because 80% is kind of my rule of thumb. interesting. 80% of the time you do the right thing. It's amazing. That 20% is really just not going to offset it that bad. It's not going to be that big of a deal. It's we not get the, into this all or nothing, black or white, the legalistic, yes, yeah, yes. and it's that's a really unhealthy yes. place to live. Well, and this idea about the way we think, you know, I there's this great book. It's called Words Can Change Your Brain, and there's another one by the same authors called God Can Change Your Brain, and it's an, an, a neuroscientist and um, um, a licensed therapist, I think, as a psychotherapist. And what they have studied about the brain that is so fascinating is is in less than ten. A tenth of a second of a negative thought, your brain is washed with stress hormones. And that our brains are hardwired toward negativity. And that the positive, when we do positive thinking, even if we just think on the word peace, by the time if we think on it for, for a couple of seconds, five, ten seconds, what happens is then the thalamus takes that word and, and distributes that good feeling to all the different parts of our brain. It also, negative thinking changes organically the structure of our brain. So the more positively we are thinking, and I'm not talking about ridiculous positive thinking. I'm just simply talking about turning that negative thought, I screwed up, to I can do this differently next time. Well, I think it's important to face that reality that we screwed up. Yes. What are we going to do about it? Right. You know, it it hurts. It's the condemnation piece. That's the problem. We can't stay there. Shaming ourselves. Well, and then, you know, in athletics especially, and in life too, but in athletics it's a simple thing because we can see it visually. People, that same person that condemns themselves and yells at themselves, they don't applaud themselves when they do something well. They're not even, it doesn't have to be false, you know, sense of, Reality, it's just I hit a good shot. And so you see a lot of folks that are in your line of work that are teaching them that positive feedback that may be in tennis where they tap their leg or something of that nature where they start that positive self-talk. Well, it creates energy. No question. Huge amounts of energy. One way or the other. Positivity creates a ton of energy, not false positive thinking, you know, but actual positive thinking that that creates an environment inside of me that is one of positive positive feelings that allow for failure that allow for a redirection and that somebody I have to make sure that inside of me I am on my own side not against me a house divided can't stand hmm. no question i mean i you know i look at i don't even like the terms necessarily success versus failure that's so outcome based yes. and i like process based so if we stay within this process, we stay within the confi- I don't want to call it confines, the but the structure of our plan and the ability to adjust that plan, we st- we go in a very positive direction. But if we start becoming, oh, that was failure. Oh, you're a failure. That turns into that. That just goes way down a bad path. Or that was success, and then we think we have it all figured out, rather than just staying present in that moment and in that process of okay, I ate. 
you know, this food, if weight loss or weight gain is my goal, well, what can I do to offset that? How can I, you know, mitigate some of those losses and learn from that? I mean, ultimately, that's the biggest issue for me. It's not failure unless you don't learn from it. Then it, then we'll start talking about really systemic failure if you're making the same mistakes over and over rather than, you know, learning from it and then you know, reapplying that, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, I made a wrong turn to go down Smith Street rather than, you know, Green Road or whatever it is. Well, I learned. So the next time I'm going to, you know, down here to the radio station and I turn into the wrong turn like I did today, what I do, I didn't get upset. I just turned around and navigated around and came into the correct turn. And then I ended up here and I was on time and everything's great. See, I, I think that that whole idea about the way you, and that the self-talk that you're talking about is this idea that, you know, nobody has to be told when they're doing something wrong. That's, you know, that's a great point. Like, I'm going to make a really... <laughs> you know, and so <laughs> I say to people, if I don't beat you up and shame you over your behavior, it doesn't mean it's not wrong. It doesn't mean I'm saying it's not wrong. It means that why do we need to belabor that? I think you know it's wrong. Well, it brings me to the quarterback that throws an interception in the big game and he comes to the sideline and you see the coach jumping up and down throwing stuff and this and that and the other and I'm going well everybody (laughs) in the stadium saw him throw the interception and everyone on television saw this and who do you think has the who's condemning this person the most that coach is doing nothing worse than what that person's saying to themselves so why do we need to talk about that let's talk about the action steps we need to take now we may address hey we've coached you to you know you thought you you saw cover three they rolled cover two you threw to the flat and now it's a pick six the other way but really so now we need to say well here's what happens that you know they rolled into that coverage because they showed you this look so you need to be aware of that in the future so that that doesn't happen again exactly you're, what you're them, saying let's learn from this yes give them we're going to talk steps. about it to learn we're not going to talk about it to condemn nope. at that point the you know the, it's done the, the milk spilled, exactly. right? Are we gonna are exactly. we gonna clean it up and are we gonna are we gonna exactly. get another glass or what are we gonna <laughs> exactly. do? You know. And so I think people get confused in thinking that we're not minimizing, you know, we're not like pretending like it didn't happen. What we're saying is, everybody, you know, I I tell this to people all the time. The only way humans learn is by making mistakes. Well, there's a big difference in saying, "I crashed the car." Because I was text messaging and I need to da 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 versus I'm the dumbest human being ever. I should never da 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 again. And I again. should never drive again. Yes. I mean, there's a big, those, I mean, both of those are talking about an accident, but I mean, one is learning from the mistake and one of them is sticking your head in the sand and hiding from ever driving again because exactly. clearly you're not, you know, you're worthless and can't drive and things of that nature. And that's just, uh, in well, my estimation, not a great way to live. And we know the enemy of our soul loves to condemn, hmm. loves to kill, steal, steal. destroy. Yes. And so we don't want to partner with the enemy ever. No. And that's where I think we, we lose track of recognizing that once I start doing that, not only am I partnering with the enemy, but I'm also doing his job for him now. Well, there's, there's no doubt. And I think, you know, for me, one of the things that's really helped me, I mean, being a parent made me be better person yes. in that I look at my children and go, well, I'm not going to talk to them that way. Why would I talk to me that way? Because there is this little boy inside of you. There's a little girl inside of me that goes to God and God is saying to me, I don't talk to you that way. Why are, is it okay for you to talk to you that way? That's you talking the enemy's way. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, you, you talked about 
how do we get back on track? How do we, you know, find that structure? And that to me is a great starting point, acknowledging what happened and then talking about, well, here are the things that I can do to take action steps to get back on the tracks. Exactly. And so, so we have about two minutes left. What could be maybe some parting words that you would help people with when they're coming up with a plan, finding someone to help them with the plan? If they don't have some, how they do that? How do they stick with this? Well, I, I think that to that point, you know, when you're looking for somebody to help, you know, fix your car, you don't go to the banker. <laughs> you know, you go to a mechanic, you hire an expert. Right. Like some people can work on their own car. Right. That's not something I right. do. Like, right. I know how to change a tire and change my oil, but I still, I don't do that. I change my tires if I get a flat. But I mean, I think it's important when there's things that you don't know. We can't be experts at everything. Ask an expert. Hire an expert. Don't be afraid to ask for and help. And we can't be an island. No. no. So even if you are an expert. Well, you still have to have an accountability factor. Yes, exactly. So recently, I've not been as happy with my personal fitness as I have been in the past. So I decided to you know, add accountability factors into my life that help me with that, to hold me accountable to it and talk about it. I think it's important. Like I, you're my friend. I tell you about it. So then how you, the next time we talk, you can in a healthy exactly. manner say, well, how's exactly. that going? Or even positive feedback. Well, it looks like that's going well. I mean, you can visually see either it is or it isn't. So I think that's really what's important. And so as we come to the very end of the show, I so appreciate you being on it. It was great to have. I mean, this is amazing. So tell people how they can get a hold of you one more time. I can be reached at eb at ttpaz.com or our website at www.ttpaz.com. Thank you, Ethan, so much for joining us today. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Make sure you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And Jeremy, thank you always for being such an amazing producer. And this is uh, Cynthia Hyde at 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk Radio. Motivating and inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during this show are given as a way to teach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate or spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay at any time at FaithTalk1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ.